Back to the Crossover Podcast, the show where you get comics and you get sports, and hopefully you get better sound on my microphone, because I have jacked up the decibels this week, so we're, we're, hoping, right. that we're hoping that it sounds a little bit better. Uh, Craig Needles is here. How's it going, Craig? Going well. That, well going well. All right. We're off to a rocking <laughs> start. Jess, let's see, <laughs> nah, that's what I wanted. Bit, let's see if Jess can do a little bit better. How are you doing, Jess? I'm also going well, but right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Pressure's I'm on. I'm mocking you, Craig. Sorry. So, All right. I had no idea we were only getting one hour of Bachelor this week. I assume it's because The Voice started back up this week. But I think we get, like, four hours next week or some Wait. nonsense. So Three. What, don't we get the three plus the tell-all? I think oh the tell-all is within the three. Yeah, I was gonna, yeah, I was wondering that myself. Are they counting the tell-all as, as part of the three, or is it three yeah. plus the tell-all? But either way, we're getting more Bachelor than... than... Uh, than, than we should than we normally do next week. So even though we were shortchanged today, we're gonna or this week we're gonna do a pod. If it ends up being a little bit shorter, Craig and I w- trade deadline is today, so we'll uh, we'll likely get. Uh, unfortunately, we'll have to say goodbye to Jess and then talk a little bit. <laughs> of, uh, unless you want to stick around for I some trade. I have lots of thoughts about trade deadline. Yeah, no, I don't. You got some, <laughs> unless you got some Alex Burroughs thoughts. I, I think yeah. Craig and I will just... His name is yeah. lovely. <laughs> well, what if P.K. Subban gets traded again? You spent about 15 minutes on the radio ranting about it that time. Oh, God. I could talk about that for ages. Oh. <laughs> that was a bad one. And I'm... But I'm like, the Habs could get the farm. I don't want this to turn into a thing. But if the Habs had waited, they could get the farm from the Avalanche for Subban now, I think. Yeah, uh, probably. Yeah, just whoops. Yeah, whoopsie doodle. (laughs) But you know, that's 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 some other timeline that we live in. But unfortunately, we live in the timeline where Corinne. Can we have a moment of silence for Corinne? I mean, my favorite. He's my favorite. I haven't been watching The Bachelor long, but my favorite character in the history of The Bachelor so far, Miami Corinne. Just what a performance. (sighs) And it I miss exit, her so damn much already. I know, but an exit that I feel was worthy of of Corinne too. I I, I I wanted a little bit more of a blow up, but I was still satisfied with the exit. What are your thoughts, Craig? Um, I, I was not satisfied with the exit. No? I wanted it to be a blow a, a blow up more so than it was. <laughs> I I wanted her to be all accusatory about things. <laughs> I wanted her to yell at the other girls. I wanted her to say something mean to Vanessa. And it just, it just didn't go that way. And um, I'm, I, I was left wanting more. And just, I just can't <laughs> wait until Paradise starts. Yeah. <laughs> well, here's what I'll say about old Korean. Um, <laughs> I think she shed more actual tears from the wind blowing in her eyes than when she was let go by Nick. I'll just say that right now. Um, I think there were maybe some crocodile tears when mm. she got in that, that limo. Oh, you're so cold. So cold. What? She loved Nick, Jess. She loved Come him. on. She bought him Come a sweater. I think Raquel loved Nick more than she did. Come on. <laughs> I mean, I just, I mean, I have grown to love to hate Corinne. And mm. so I was, I was very surprised actually when he let her go because I thought, yeah. I know that we talked about the timing of, of Finland last mm-hmm. week a little bit, but I thought for sure that he was going to turf Rachel this week yeah. and leave a little bit more mystique for the final two. You know, it's 
I don't know. I was surprised. And I honestly was pulling for the ultimate chaotic upset of having her win because it would have been just so ridiculous. So I was disappointed on the lack of chaos to come from her. But at the same time, I don't think she was, you know, totally genuine in this process at all. So I don't know. I mean, the whole thing, the rant in the limo, it just came off. And then and then the best part, sorry, she goes to sleep. Looks like she yeah. starts to so <laughs> she really closed out her bachelor career in the way that she entered. So, you know, at least there's that consistency. Uh, it was very uh, much like that the scene in Half Baked where it was like, you know, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, and fuck you, I'm out. And then she just went to sleep. But like her mm-hmm. her version of the mic drop was just rolling over and going to sleep. Oh great. <laughs> I mean, all babies typically fall fall asleep in the car, so I mean that works mm-hmm. for her too. But um, it was you know, it was on I mean... brand. It was on brand for Corinne. <laughs> we'll miss her though. I do. Yeah. I do feel bad that we will no longer have her antics. But there is the ladies tell all that's coming up, and it looks yes. like in the little preview that there's going to be fireworks with Taylor, which I'm excited for. I'm excited too. So we're going to be able to see her fires from shots and the women tell all, which is going to be lovely. Oh, and yeah. we'll, we'll have we'll have paradise to look forward to. But if it just if I'm Nick, if I were in Nick's situation, and that's basically what you do on these shows. You mm-hmm. pretend, okay, if I were in this person's shoes, what would I do? I just don't know if I'd be able to pass up access to the aforementioned Platinum Vagine. Yeah. Well, I mean, we've been talking about it for a couple of weeks now that it seemed like Nick was bringing her along because he was just like, I gotta know, right? Like, and... and... Yeah, I, I just found that really shocking. I really thought Raven was the go- one going home, and now it looks like Raven is going to end up being the one who gets the 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 heartbreaking runner-up finish. For yeah, for, I know. Yeah. The hmm. more think she... I think about it, the more I feel like she could possibly be the one that ends up winning this. I know yeah. that we've been talking about how like classic a choice Vanessa would be mm-hmm. because she is straight up like a, a catch, right? But I feel like he's just more at ease with Raven. He has a more carefree time with her. And, you know, Pierce, you brought up how they, and I think Craig too, you mentioned this last week, how they tend to show the um, the conflict between the two people that, like or the girl that he ends up choosing in the end, you know, that's typically formulaic. They really did that this week in the previews, you know, talking about how he's like, well, I'm not traditional. And she's like, well, I'm not willing to compromise. Mm-hmm. So I was like, shit's gonna go down there's gonna be some tough discussions in the hot tub but we'll see i mean i don't know the more i look at it i just feel like they're kind of well suited together nick and raven they just seem to have an easy flow between the two of them that he doesn't necessarily have with vanessa or rachel yeah i uh i agree with that entirely i i think that honestly if i were nick i would probably pick pick raven yeah like i just think that raven seems really cool i don't know um maybe uh, maybe Maybe he disagrees. Well, he obviously likes her on some level, but uh, yeah, yeah I, I just maybe she, maybe we should have been talking about Raven a little more throughout this thing because this would be one of the definitely under the radar types of of, of bachelor wins of all time because mm. usually you have sort of one of those a couple of favorites throughout the season, but uh, Raven was not usually in that conversation. So it's uh, it's interesting that this is going so well for her. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll obviously see how the rest of the date goes. We'll talk about the date and the, <laughs> the goings on from the date in a few minutes, I suppose. I, I mean, I, I, it still hasn't fully sunk in for me that that we're that we're Corinne-less. We're going Corinne-less <laughs> the rest of the way. Yeah. Honestly, it really hasn't. Like, like just based on the on the pure nonsense that happened with the Oscars this weekend, I was I was just <laughs> like I, I was unwilling to hold up 
I was like, hold on, Nick could still take the rose back and be like, no, hold on, I've made a horrible mistake. Like, and I, I just yeah. was like, it could happen, it could happen, and it, it just didn't. And man, ah, uh, uh, but maybe it's maybe it's not too late. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it might not be too late. Uh, he gets to Finland and he's like, you know what? No, I, I, I changed my mind. Yeah. I'm sure production would be fine with it. Yeah, uh, it would be, but sadly, fellas, I think we are living in the AC era after Corinne, yeah. which is no. I'm sorry. Craig, I'm sorry. Craig, I never Craig, thought I'd see it, but I'm sad about it. Craig and I were well. First off, this isn't this isn't the end of Corinne. This is just the beginning. That's all I'm saying. Like her career, <laughs> Craig and I were searching for the proper sports metaphor because this was a a a fantastic rookie performance like this was an all-time rookie rookie season like this was this was like what austin matthews and 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 uh connor mcdavid right now are doing pale in comparison to corinne and craig had the 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 great analogy for what it lines up with and and i i defer to you craig because because this is tremendous i i think it was like when wayne gretzky and the oilers mm-hmm. lost to the islanders in 1983 mm-hmm. And they had realized, okay, like we had a like we we flashed the pan to start. We came up just short, but now we're going to dominate for the yeah. next few years. We're going to be in the spotlight for a while here. And Corinne's got Bachelor in Paradise seasons. She like let's be honest here. Corinne's getting her own reality show. Yeah, and this, <laughs> oh, I point, watch every episode. Me too. Yeah. At some point, her and Raquel are going to do some some reality show. Corinne and Raquel take Vegas or something. <laughs> go to be lovely. She's going to write a book, which will be the worst book I've ever read, cover to cover. Uh, you know, <laughs> just like it's 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 exactly like Gretzky in '83, because like like the Islanders were completing their dynasty, and I feel like Corinne is about to start her dynasty, right? Yeah. And, and it's just and Nick's like, been yeah. a little bit like not quite as effective, but yeah. Nick's been kind of bachelor di- a dynasty of his own. This is his last show, so yeah. it, it all fits. It all fits. Well, I don't think this yeah. is, I don't think this is the last show based on just Nick's general attitude. It, it feels like he's going to try to keep this thing going. I think. Probably, but just promise me this, that if there is a reality show involving Corinne in any shape or form, with or without Raquel, we will do a podcast about it. Oh, Oh, God, yes. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) At least one. Uh, I want to talk about the fact that we only got an hour of Bachelorness this week. Can we just expand on that for a second? Uh, It's because of the voice, right? Uh, yeah, well, and plus there's uh, a big speech tonight for Trump, so I guess mm-hmm. they they would just did some program shifting. Yeah. But I just, I was I was heartbroken when I found that out. Jess texted me as the show was started. She's like, "It's only an hour," and I looked at my phone I'm like, "What? No!" <laughs> <laughs> and then I clicked the guide button. I'm like, "Oh my god, it is an hour!" Like, I don't know. I just uh, yeah. that was a uh, that was a tough emotional thing to go through, knowing <laughs> that I only get an hour of Fantasy Sweet Bachelor talk that night. Yeah. Followed. Minutes later, by Corinne being sent home, it was just a difficult time in my life. <laughs> yeah, technically, we didn't even get to because, like, my favorite episode of The Bachelor usually is the is the Fantasy Suite Week because I yes. just the I love the the just general human awkwardness of of facing the cameras after you know while you're trying to read the body language of whether or not they uh, to, you know to quote Jersey Shore smushed right. Yeah, and, and, and the awkwardness of before when they're discussing yeah. should we go in the fantasy suite, like yeah, mm-hmm. that's, yeah. that's all good. Stuff. And 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 for during Ben's season, he clearly hooked up with uh, Kayla, and then you know booted her off at the end of the episode, and she was she got in the limo or the truck or van or whatever, and was like, well, I guess I'm going home. Wait a minute, no, I'm not. And then she kicked the door open to go get her like get her at least a piece before she like uh, before she left, but. Yeah, man, and we didn't, we, we got some, like, I'd say we got some pretty good date stuff with Raven, but we didn't get to, 
uh, you know, see the aftermath of whether or not they're they're uh, the aftermath of them spending the night together. That's true. Um, I feel like we may even not really know if for sure, for sure, everything is going to go the way that it seems to go or that it appears that it will go. Um, because, yeah, we see them, we leave off with them, you know, making out <laughs> in, the, in the fantasy suite. But I feel like there's more that happens before we see them in the morning afterwards. Because they had a pretty heavy discussion mm-hmm. uh, pre-arriving in the suite about Raven's history. And I'm sure you guys have thoughts on this, as Craig <laughs> already alluded to. But, I mean, I know that I know that this is reality TV and you mm. are going to say outrageous things to improve your storyline. Um, but I just, I just don't know how you stomach saying the fact that you've never had an orgasm before on national television! I, I don't buy Could it. that conversation have happened in the suite? Yeah. I, I if don't that's know, it happened before. Yeah. I don't. But I don't, like, why, why couldn't she have? Like, why couldn't they have gone into the fantasy suite where there are oh, no yeah. cameras? Yeah. And if if she really that badly has to say that to Nick, why couldn't she have said it there? Unless, of course, as Pierce is just about to get to, she just that's not actually true, and she was just mm-hmm. saying it because she wanted to, you know, be the person who one of the bachelor and never had an orgasm before. Yeah, like I mean, and as we talked about, you know, last episode with the hometown dates, and they had the whole discussion about her dad being found cancer free, and that's great. But it's like it feels like information that's you know, it's not necessary to come out in this venue, and it seems a little opportunistic. Um, you know, I'm not. I mean, it's it's. Uh, I mean, I don't want to get into it too much, but there's lots of science behind what she's talking about, or you know, research and, and articles and plenty of, of stuff. So, I mean, I'm not. I don't doubt that it's not true, but like, I just, I just think that it's a weird time to bring that up. You should probably just do that privately, as Craig had said. So, I did not like it. I feel like that's just sensationalism, and you shouldn't do that. Out of and also. So, like, how awkward for your family and friends to hear you talk about that later. Like, I, yeah. how do you go home to your cancer-free dad and look him in the eye? Like, no! Uh, Maybe yeah. just tell him not to watch this episode. <laughs> oh, God! I have I have two things I want to say on this subject. One, I, I don't buy the, 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 the Raven. I have, Like, I have a theory behind the, the, the Raven line saying she's, she's never had an orgasm. One, it feels like a producer told her to say that. Two, it also feels like she's like, if I say this, that's another way for me to really kick uh, the guy who cheated on me in a previous episode. That's that's another opportunity for her to take him down a peg. And, like, women tell lies all the time to their man to boost their self-esteem and whatnot. That's just a general thing that happens. I mean, I do it to myself, for God's sake. I get Like, I look at myself in the mirror every day, and I'm just like, you know telling myself stuff that just isn't true. Like, Hey, you're looking fit today. And, and no, it's just not true, <laughs> but I lie. And I tell myself that sort of stuff, right? Cause you just, you got to do that sort of thing to help you get through the day. But yeah, I, I just, I don't buy the orgasm line and it, 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 it seems so strange to me, but on the off chance, it's true. Good Lord. right? Like just good Lord. And the other thing I wanted to say was, uh, like in the previous episode when we were talking about the cancer free, uh, like I, I just I thought that that was a, a conversation that like I wasn't comfortable with that because I thought that that was a conversation that uh, should have happened off camera. 
Because now mm-hmm. it, it looks like the optics to me look like Raven is about to become the runner up. Because I don't think Rachel's going to get to the final two because we know she's going to be the Bachelorette. So I think Rachel's going to be the next one out. Therefore, we're down to Raven and Vanessa. And basically since episode one, Craig and I have been saying Vanessa, Vanessa, Vanessa. And I still maintain that Vanessa's the one he ends up with. Which means that now, year, two years, three years, ten years, whatever from now, Raven and her family will be sitting around. You know, it'll be Thanksgiving or whatever, sitting around and... You know, people will be eating and Raven's dad will be able to turn to her and said, Hey, remember that time I told you I was cancer free and, and that guy who didn't pick you for the reality show was standing there. Yeah, that's not good. It's fucking and then, awkward. <laughs> and then whenever he gets brought up, that's going to be, Oh yeah. Remember that guy who you were talking yeah. to and you said on national television, you'd never had an orgasm before. Yeah. 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 <sighs> I really hope Raven wins now, just so that's not a conversation that occurs <laughs> later in the life. Jeez. Uh, I think I want to think that it's going to come up again, though, guys. <laughs> like, even if they never talk about it, they'll always know that that discussion happens. So that's a good point. Even if she gets chosen, like I said, she has said that on national TV, and at some point, her family is going to hear about it. So, do you think? Because yeah. we talked about Andy Dorfman's book last week. Last week, do you think that uh, Raven read Andy Dorfman's book and then said, "Hey, I'll I'll just say this thing about never having an orgasm. That'll boost his confidence, right?" No, that no? would put more pressure on him. True. He's like, oh, shit, I have enough struggles in the sack. Now good I have point. to deal with this? Yeah, that's that, a very good point. That's not a comforting thought. <laughs> Bring my A game. Uh, well, hopefully for her sake, Nick does do that. And the thing is, that's going to be in all the previews. Like, now the big question hanging over, like, the big cliffhanger was, is Raven going to have an orgasm? That's literally the cliffhanger of this particular episode. Oh, God. Great go. <laughs> Uh, 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 Puck Daddy from from Yahoo, uh, Greg Wyshynski, had a great joke where he, uh, I mean, you have to be able to see it because it's in the writing, but he wrote it on Twitter where, where he was like, because they were in Finland, so he goes, do you think that Nick will be able to make Raven dot 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 finish? But he had Aww. two ends. Yeah. Finish, uh, it was brilliant. It was brilliant. Great joke. Great joke by the Puck Daddy. Absolutely loved yeah. it. I was upset I didn't come up with it myself. I Whenever there's a joke where I go, damn, I should have thought of that one first. I'm just like, that's a good one. Oh. Uh, <laughs> thought it was great. Um, uh, one more thing on this before we go. Yeah. Uh, or before we move on to what, what's next. Mm-hmm. Has anyone in the history of reality TV taken more of a beating than Raven's ex-boyfriend? Uh, this guy is getting savaged. Oh, absolutely. So yeah. we've got a guy who is a, a cheater. Mm-hmm who was beaten up for being a cheater, Mm -hmm. who never once said I love you to his girlfriend of many years, unless, of course, he was intoxicated, Mm -hmm. who also never had the ability to give said girlfriend of many years an orgasm. Mm -hmm. That is not a good resume, Raven's ex-boyfriend. Absolutely not. The, I mean, the, the, the only saving grace is apparently they cut those some of those scenes out in Arkansas, so maybe he can still stomp around Arkansas, but uh, outside of that particular state, that dude's going to have some problems, I think. But uh, cheater's justice, I guess, is, is, yeah. is, is a way to think of it. Uh, I want to talk about some of the wardrobe uh, choices on this uh, particular episode. Um, first off, Nick's turtleneck. That was one of the most aggressive turtlenecks I've ever seen in my <laughs> life and seemed to be eating his head. <laughs> Did you guys see that? Yeah. It was, it was, uh, it was a hell of a turtleneck. Yeah. I, I man that was weird and 
I thought that three out of the four ladies at the rose ceremony probably looked the most stunning they've ever... Like, like Raven, I thought, had a fantastic dress. And I'm not a stylish guy, and I probably shouldn't comment on this. But my girl, Corinne, it seemed like her dress was missing a couple of pieces. <laughs> yeah. I think I texted Jess when she walked yeah. out, and I forget exactly what I wrote about the dress, yeah. but it was not positive. It looked like she no. should have. It looked like she should have been distracting James Bond at like a baccarat table, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like, oh man, it was insane. Here's my thing with their outfits. While <laughs> lovely, yes, a little bit uh, salacious in mm-hmm. some cases, aka Corinne. Mm-hmm. These outfits are marred by their winter coats that they're wearing. Yes. Who indeed yeah. is having these these rose ceremonies outside? What is this, the third one they've done? Yeah, no, I, I, I've never seen because usually they do the them inside that that mansion that they use yeah. for the show, right? And all of a sudden we're doing these weird outdoor cold location rose ceremonies. And you're right, exactly. Corinne was there wearing like. A, a winter jacket that looked like she was at like the the winter wedding from Game of Thrones for a second. Yeah. It, it, it was oh strange, really strange. Also, the cold location rose ceremonies. Like these girls are so, so tiny, like they're mm-hmm. very very slender. They do not have enough body fat to stay warm. <laughs> Why are you doing this to them? Like <laughs> like they 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 just they uh it's just poor. Like they want them to look even more vulnerable because they're freezing and shivering. I don't know. Put the girls inside. Come on. Yeah, that was abnormally cruel. I thought. Yeah. And one thing I want to bring up about the Corinne car ride. First off, you knew it was going to be a cry uh a crying car ride with Corinne. Like there was oh god yes. yeah. There's no chance that that Corinne was leaving this without crying in the car, which unfortunately is the one thing you cannot do on The Bachelor is cry in the car. But the fact that she kept repeating that she wants a normal relationship as she's in the car crying after being rejected on, you know, in the final four of this reality TV show. And yeah. she's just like, all I want is a normal relationship. And it's just like, oh, honey, <laughs> you know. Like, and you went on The Bachelor for yeah, that. Yeah, you went sure. on The Bachelor for your, uh, for your normal relationship. Oh, Isn't Corinne like 23, though? Yeah, 23, 24. It's yeah, like we said, she's a rookie. She's like we, yeah. we we've been saying and, and further that like I I think that people shouldn't be like talking about you know I just want a normal relationship at the age of twenty three or twenty four like you know most people don't find whoever it is they're going to wind up with at that age. Hey, what what age did you get married to Stacy? I was twenty six when we got married. Mm-hmm. All right, you're saved by two years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and, and now, okay, I understand that I'm the strange example based on the fact that I was 18. You're an outlier, together. yeah. Yes, yeah. but I'm an outlier. I'm an yeah. outlier, I grant yeah. that. And so I, if, if I just don't think that people should at the age of 23 or 24 if they're single being like, why don't I ever have a normal relationship? Yeah. Well, most people don't at that it's, age. So yeah, just... It's too early to call it at that point, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> um, we must talk about the Andy Dorfman one-on-one. Yeah, okay. Um, she seems like like when I saw because I didn't see the season when she was on and when when Nick um, came runner up to her or in during her season, but the way she projected herself in that one on one, you know, really drives home the point that Vanessa is going to win this thing because it just seems to me like Nick likes being and and you know probably evidenced by the fact that he was wearing a tur- turtleneck that seemed to be choking him, but. It feels like he likes being under someone's thumb, and Andy Dorfman seemed very confident in herself, and was was very much like she would wear the pants in the relationship. 
and I get that same sort of vibe from Vanessa. So it really thinks it really makes me think that Nick just has a thing for for just these strong, sure of themselves females. What do you guys think? I, I can I can see that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I too did not see the season of of Nick and Andy, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I think I think he's. It's, it's, mm, I'm a little bit torn just mm. because I do think he responds to that and he likes that firm direction from from the ladies so long as it's not too much. Yes, and I think that like, maybe don't go full the, Jasmine G. Is, is exactly yeah. don't choke him out or yeah. pretend to or make a motion to mm. but i feel like maybe andy is more sass and mm-hmm. and firmness and vanessa may just be a little bit too uh emotionally unsure now i'm not saying that what she wants is is anything but reasonable but even in, in the promos like when she was going into that rose ceremony she's like i don't feel special and it's like okay well that's understandable and you should feel special when you're in a relationship but at the same time it's like you're you're on the bachelor there are like four other girls or three other girls at that point so i don't know and like i just don't see her as being like the yielding type like even from mm-hmm. that pro where she's like what do you mean you don't you're not traditional or and i'm not gonna change my values sort of a thing andy may be firm but she still seems a bit fun mm-hmm. vanessa is perhaps too firm, a little too much stick and not enough carrot, if you will. Yeah, that's a good analogy. I, I agree. I, I just I just think that Nick should pick Raven. Yes. Yeah. Like, doesn't that make more more sense to of the ladies well. that are that are left, I think Raven would be my particular choice. Yeah. Of course I've ever, I always had a thing for the Southern Bell and it goes back to my X Men rogue days, but uh, I'm not gonna <laughs> apologize for it. Yeah. Uh <laughs> Uh, anything else think, you guys want to mention? Go ahead, Craig. I just think for maybe for me and myself, I just pick Rachel just because I think she's like really, yeah, really smart and she's fun. But that's that's a different uh, oh, that's yeah, a different no. conversation. I think that I think that yeah. uh, that uh, Raven fits better with Nick than any anybody else does. True. But yeah. like we need Rachel for the Rachel's going to be a fantastic Bachelorette. I oh, think I'm, I'm very excited about that. Be, it's going to be yeah, great. Yeah. yeah, I'm I'm actually excited about that. Even though I don't like the uh, I don't like the Bachelorette as much as I like the Bachelor and. You know, obviously it has to do with the fact that there's more ladies and I'm I'm a, a <laughs> man. But it's also like the the ladies are just more entertaining. They just are they're they're more conniving, they're more evil to each other, they're they're more petty to each other, but they're also they also like like, like Vanessa this year like took like took it like basically called Nick out on his bullshit and stuff. And with the dudes yeah. it's just a lot of like alpha male poo flinging. So it's it's just not you know, it's it's That's it, yeah. I don't know. But, I just uh, want to like. I just want to also clarify something. Going mm-hmm. back to Vanessa, yeah. I don't want anyone to think that I think she's unreasonable because I don't think she is. Mm-hmm. I just think that for her personality and mm-hmm. what she wants, this is probably not the right setting for her, in my opinion. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. I agree. So, before we get out of here, I, I want you guys to do something for me. Uh, next week we've got the women's tell-all. I've got a couple of rules here for a. Tell all drinking game. Ooh. Yes. And I would like you guys to each add a stipulation just off the top of your dome piece. Here are the two rules that I have. You got to take a drink every time someone says Corinne. So <laughs> Corinne's name gets mentioned. And anytime someone says emotional intelligence. <laughs> yeah. You, ha- you, okay. you have to have a drink. Now, Craig, off the top of your dome piece. 
what rule would you like to add to the women's tell-all drinking game? I would like there to be a drink every time someone says the word bouncy castle. All right. I like that. Seems like it should be a finish your drink one. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Okay. Someone mentions bouncy castle, finish your drink. Finish your drink. All right. And trust me, bouncy castle is going to get mentioned. Yes. (laughs) And Jess, off the top of your dome. And you have to take a drink every time someone says the word nanny or Raquel. Nice. (laughs) I like that rule. And I'm adding the fifth rule, which, as always, on the Crossover Podcast drinking games, because we do that a lot for the commentaries, don't drive home. That, That's that, right. Yeah, that is always our final rule. Nanny or Raquel. I like that. That's very good. Now. <laughs> I was afraid Craig was going to take mine. I was like, don't do it. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no I, I like that. It is Castle. excellent. It's yeah. safe to say that Corinne will be the focus of, I would say, 80% of the tell-all, right? Oh, oh yeah. hell yeah. And, yeah. and the other 20, probably, it's, actually, it's probably more like 75 Corinne, 10% Taylor slash Corinne, and then the rest will be Nick, right? Like, it, but it's it's going to be like two, like three quarters is going to be Corinne and just totally. people going off on her. Um, I... Before we get out of here, Craig, we would be remiss if we did not mention Nick's Rocky Four training montage during the Yes! Crash. What the yes. hell was that? Yeah. Okay, yeah, Stacy didn't get it either. Okay. Um, so we were watching it and she's like, what's going on? I'm like, they're, this, they're just doing a shot for shot, essentially, uh, Rocky Four training montage for Nick in Finland as opposed yeah. to Russia, uh, but he was you know d- you know doing the, the wood chopping, the same type of running through the snow, the uh, yelling at the top of whatever he was. Uh... Well, he didn't yell though. That was the thing. If you're going to do the Rocky Four training montage, there is only one requirement: you have to yell Drago at the top of your lungs. Yes. Right. And they yeah, did he didn't yell Drago, that. but he, he did. Did he just scream or something? He didn't Might yell have, Drago. I don't know. He should have yelled Drago though. Like that's that's I don't know if there was like some sort of rights thing there. I can't imagine there was though, right? We're, talk- we're no, talking. No, I don't think a, so. They're talking about a movie that came out in the '80s. Like, there's no way that like the Rocky people are gonna be like, oh man, you know, the Nick from The Bachelor yelled Drago during their, you know, you know during their homage to our Rocky Four training montage. We better sue them, right? <laughs> like, I can't imagine that's a conversation somebody has, but. Yeah, I just it, – it, it, it was pretty good. I liked it. My wife didn't get it either, by the way, Craig. I was just like, it's the Rocky Four training montage. And then, yeah, which I believe – did you and I – I don't know if we've ever formally declared that on this podcast, the greatest training montage of all time. Oh, it has to be. Oh, yeah, I think it is. I just don't know if we've ever mentioned that. On, I know definitely off the pod we've, yeah. <laughs> we've made that yeah. claim, but I'm not sure. But the juxtaposition between Drago and his cheating ways and his high-tech ways yeah. and Rocky do the same workouts, the true, tough, American way. Yeah. Like, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's good stuff. Which is even more hilarious, mirrored by the fact that Stallone was absolutely on steroids in real life, right? Oh, <laughs> so, God, yes. Which makes it even better. <laughs> but, yeah, it just it shows, like, uh, oh, God, what's his face? Uh, Drago's real name. I can't even remember. He's on Arrow right now. Dolph Lundgren. Dolph Lundgren. Thank God. Forgot Al Pacino's name last week. Couldn't remember Dolph Lundgren. What's happening to Matt Pierce? Uh, yeah, Dolph Lundgren's, like, do it. Just, you know, he's got all this high-tech equipment. He's just, like, chopping wood and doing chin-ups in the snow. God, so good. Absolutely the greatest. So, to reiterate, tell-all drinking game. Woo! You got to take a drink anytime someone says Corinne, emotional intelligence, nanny, Raquel, and if the bouncy castle gets brought up at all, you have to finish your drink. And as always, do not drive home or text and drive either. Don't text and drive either. I know that has nothing to do with the game, but don't do that. (laughs) 
Just distracting uh, in general. Bad. You guys have anything else you want to say before we? No, I've, get I out think of here? that we've uh, we, we've recapped what was sadly an hour long episode of The Bachelor, yeah. but we have three hours to go through next week. I don't yeah. know. I don't know if I, I don't know if I'm ready. <laughs> oh, it's gonna be so good. The tell all. I yeah. think I, I mentioned it last week. I'm gonna reiterate it again. I think Taylor is gonna bring a special level of of venom. To, oh, yeah. to that episode. I think it's going to be... My girl Taylor. Go, yeah. girl. So, uh, it is at this point that we will unfortunately say goodbye to Jess, and <laughs> we will talk to you next week for some more Bachelor. And, Craig, we're going to take a little break, and we will come back with our anniversary pod, which is the uh, NHL trade deadline. This this is always this is the first ever pod we did was Craig Aww. and I did a trade deadline, so it's it's always our, our capper. So, this is a, it, it's the official start to year three of the crossover podcast. And last year we lost our NHL trade deadline pods. So we got to, Oh yeah. Yeah. We got to really bring it up this year. Damn software from last year. So Jess, once again, thank you for doing this and we'll take a little break. And then Craig and I will be right back with some NHL trade deadline talk. All right. We are back. Craig is still here and we are going to talk NHL trade deadline and uh, well, we survived it, Craig. We survived uh, yet another. Th- th- this is our anniversary uh, pod, by the way. Uh, the, the, this always marks uh, the, the beginning of a new year, the NHL trade deadline pod. And uh, hopefully we don't lose this one like we did last year, because last year, unfortunately, we lost some really good trade coverage. And I, if I memory serves me right, we also had a very lengthy Jose Batista talk that we we lost because it was around uh, around the time when he was talking about no hometown discounts. Exactly. Yeah. And, and I, I, I wonder what it would sound like now that we know that he essentially signed for one year and $17 million. Oh, I wish we still had that. Wouldn't that be a great listen? The, 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 just in hindsight, what a great listen that would be. I wish we still had that, but unfortunately we don't. And unfortunately we were not rewarded with a incredibly sexy, trade deadline for the NHL as is tradition. Yeah. Um, it's becoming something that because of the way that the contracts work in the league now, it's easier to get deals done during the summer. Um, and you don't have a lot of guys get to the point where they're on bad teams and those teams are selling off freedoms anymore because they're not free agents. If they're on those bad teams, um, it just is a, a strange world where you don't have, like in a pre-cap world, you don't have Keith Kachucks that are available at the deadline anymore. You know, you don't have guys that are that are that are on that level, that kind of name value. Yeah, you had Jerome McGinley get traded today, but Jerome McGinley is not that player anymore. Uh, and then you have a lot of stuff that gets done before the deadline. Um, you know, you got Stalberg getting traded the day before the deadline. You got Johnny O'Dea getting traded the day before the deadline. Yannick Hansen getting traded. So a lot of this stuff happens long before the actual deadline shows come on brendan smith was on that list as well kevin shattenkirk was on that list alex burrow so it goes on and on and on either way if that's the case it doesn't leave you with much to talk about on the the day of the actual deadline so yeah you still get some moves but the days of star players essentially even getting to free agency are pretty much gone now in the nhl so if star players don't get to free agency, you don't have that urgency to trade them during the trade deadline anymore. Maybe more so during the offseason if it's time to do a, uh, kind of a, a renovation of your team. And we'll talk about the avalanche situation in a second. But I think that's the right thing by waiting until the offseason. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, it's just it's, it's, it's different now than it used to be. Plus, with the NHL's muddled standings and these ridiculous three-point games, if you look at the the, the standings right now, 
it's kind of hard to pick out the teams who should have sold that didn't do that. You know, yeah. you look at the standings and you see even Detroit who sold, they're what? Nine points back of a playoff spot because the Leafs are the last playoff spot right now. They're nine points back. The Leafs are just too much. They're not going to be able to overcome that. Mm-hmm. And Carolina sold their their ten points back. Um, but even teams at Buffalo didn't trade off anybody. Essentially, they're six points out of the playoff spot. And yeah, Toronto's got a game in hand, and Buffalo's not making the playoffs. But to the uneducated fan, you can look at those standings and say, hey, yeah, you know what? Buffalo still has a chance here. So maybe that's why you don't see an Evander Kane get traded. Maybe that's why you don't see a Cody Franzen get traded. Players like that. So the NHL's standings formula is a big part of the problem as well. If you love trades on trade deadline day, you need more teams to be out of it. That's why Major League Baseball trade deadline day is usually the best one. Is because you can tell by July 31st, okay, you're making the playoffs and you're not. Yeah, and also just... The general way, because you're right. The the basically, if you're t- if you're not named Colorado or Arizona, you technically have a shot at the playoffs right, right now. Is the way it goes. And yeah, baseball. Also, the fact that there's, you know, about a, like, I don't know what, fourteen more positions to, to play as well. Absolutely, in, in, in absolutely. Hockey. That being said, you know, yeah. a hockey team's going to have twenty guys get dressed True. every night. The baseball team's going to have twenty five. So yeah, yeah you, you have more with baseball, but not a lot more. Yeah, then like it goes back to my big argument of the f- the the thing that we need to change in in hockey is you know everything everybody calls it the loser point which I don't think is correct but it it's we we really need to get rid of that three point game thing like it needs to just be if you win well, in overtime no I I I have no problem here I have no problem keeping the three point game as long yeah. as every game is a three point game you run regulation you get three points yeah that's the thing right yeah. You have Do to that. make it, yeah, yeah. That's not that's not a bad strategy either. Like go soccer style, right? And then yep. uh, you get three points for a W. And so uh, at the end of every game, three points are given out. Yeah, that's as opposed game. to some games are worth three, some point games are worth two. Yeah, that's 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 excellent. I like that a lot. That's that's a good way to fix it. Um, Shattenkirk moved the needle for you. For uh, yeah, for, I I'll, for I thought Washington was the best team before they got Shattenkirk. <laughs> So it didn't move the needle as far as Washington going past anybody, Mm -hmm. but uh, the Caps are really, really good. Yes, I think they're 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 far and away the best team. I think the only thing that could hypothetically haunt them is obviously playoff ghosts pass. Yeah, but if you look at the Eastern Conference, is there anyone at Pittsburgh that you think could beat them four out of seven times without getting lucky? I suppose you could make an argument for Montreal just because Montreal would have Carey Price in their team. Yes, but. Other than that, is there anyone who would say, oh, yeah, they did get Washington four out of seven times? Maybe the Rangers because they've got the suddenly hot again Henrik Lundqvist. But I just I just think this Washington team's great on so many different levels. They're deep. Like Chattinger's playing on the third pairing, which that's not going to be the case forever. But they're, they're, they're a deep team. They've, they've got plus players all over the place. They're, they're just really, really good. And they've got an excellent goaltender, too. But, so they got good goaltending. Their, their top six defensemen are going to be some combination of Carl Osner, John Carlson, Matt Niskanen, Dmitry Orlov, Kevin Shattenkirk, and somebody else. Brooks Orpik is hurt right now, but he's probably their eighth best defenseman. Um, the forward group is is deep. They have superstars like Ovechkin, like Kuznetsov, like Backstrom, and they, they've got the grinders as well. It's a very, very complete hockey team. And for the sake of Alexander Ovechkin, I hope that that very deep hockey team goes very far in the playoffs this year and uh, and does some damage. If, if the Leafs don't get in the playoffs... I think they will, but at least don't get in the playoffs. I'm going to be pulling for Washington. Yeah, I mean, I really need, like, I just need this Ovechkin 
narrative to to just be gone. I just I just need it to be yep. gone. I'm sick of it. Um, it's it's like you bring up the the fact that Washington has a great goaltender is really weird because th- there were some goalies that should have been available. Like the goalie market was unfortunately not what what you know it can be, especially in years past when you know that you you usually say like, oh man, if this team just had a goalie and then they buy the farm for a goalie. I mean, the Ben mm-hmm. Bishop deal was bizarre. Bizarre, but, that was but a market. also really good. And that was, yeah. But like, there was also like, uh, you know, Mark Andre Fleury was out there, and and uh, Locke was, yeah, out there. was out uh, there. Miller should have been out there, yeah, but not Yeah. Uh, they, they didn't actually deal him. Um, but yeah, let's just look at the top. Let's say sixteen teams in the NHL standings right mm-hmm. now. Uh, we'll, well, well, so you have. The Florida Panthers, who have two good goalies. Yes. Toronto Maple Leafs have a good goalie. Calgary doesn't, but I don't think they're ready to wave the white flag on their goaltending transaction yet. Boston has two Rask. They're fine. Ottawa's fine in goal. Nashville probably wasn't going to go away from Pekka Rene, who has been really up and down over the years. And this year he's mm-hmm. been... I'd say you've been average NHL goaltender, which is fine. I guess you don't want to go selling the farm to replace that. Uh, the Ducks are fine in goal. Edmonton's been fine in goal. Montreal's obviously great there. San Jose's fine in goal. The Rangers are great there. Chicago has Corey Crawford. That's a couple of Stanley Cups. They don't have to do anything. Pittsburgh has two good goalies. Columbus has a good goalie. Minnesota has a good goalie. Washington has a good goalie. So I can understand why the goalie market was limited because the teams that are actually going to have a chance here, I think, um, they've already got good goalies. There wasn't that team this year where you're like, okay, if they go get someone who can play goal, they're going to be in a great spot. There wasn't St. Louis uh, three, four years ago. I think it was four years ago, yeah, when they had a chance to go get Ryan Miller, and you're like, okay, that might be the last piece they need. It turned out that wasn't true, but it was a sensible acquisition at the time. And there are other goaltenders. Uh, there have been other situations like that. But this year, there just wasn't that team where you're like, oh, they're goalie away. Maybe Calgary, but Calgary's turned it around a little bit lately. Yeah, they they got. I feel like Calgary's got a run in them. Like I, I feel the, the I feel run started. Like lately, the Flames true. have been real good. Mm-hmm. They've been real good. The power play's been a lot better, and uh, and their their skill guys have been better. Um, I don't know if I love the Curtis Lazar situation for them, but the, lately the Flames have been good. They're seven two and one in the last ten, and I think the Flames are going to make the playoffs. And I look at the, the standings right now in the Western Conference and think to myself. If Calgary can be two points better than the Ducks between now and the end of the year, we got Flames, Oilers in round one. <laughs> and we're I, also I, we're also staring at a potential like Leafs, Ottawa, Leafs, Habs. Yeah, you know, that's right. Like we're we're staring at some some. So after after a year where there were no Canadian teams in the playoffs, if we if we can get Toronto, Ottawa, you know, like we're, we're gonna make our money Rogers, back basically. Rogers could hypothetically have round one of Toronto, Ottawa, followed by round two of Toronto, Montreal. Like that yeah. is really on the table here for them. Yeah, which, whew, yeah, that that's their that's their that's what they want. Obviously, yeah, that's their best case scenario. Yeah, I mean, if I think if like just back to the Bishop deal here, if 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 Cernak ends up being a if he ends up being a guy, that deal's going to look real bad for the Kings, isn't it? No. I think, think so? that, no, I just don't know if he will be a guy. And mm-hmm. even if he is, I think that the Kings are looking at this. And they still, like, like I know the standings are, haven't been kind of them for a variety of reasons, but they still have Andre Kopitar and Drew Doughty on the same team. Yeah. So there's no way to let a season ride on a potentially shaky Jonathan Quick health situation when you can give up a marginal defense prospect and a little bit of draft stock in order to upgrade your backup goaltending position so significantly. Mm-hmm. 
So if I were a Kings fan, I'd be fine with it. I'd be absolutely fine with it. Yeah, they just got they got to find a way to get off the hook for that Gabrick deal. <laughs> that's all it is right yeah, now. Yeah, well, that's, they, what, that's what's weighing them down right now. Yeah, yeah, they've got they've got a few problems, and uh, mm-hmm. there were some teams that were willing to take on some money today and didn't wind up taking on that mm-hmm. money. Um, but yeah, you wonder if uh, how hard they're trying to sell Gabrick. Here's the thing: a lot of the money that people would be willing to take, teams would be willing to take on, like Toronto with 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 Eric Fair today, and Toronto with Brooks like last season. That money goes away in a year and a half. That Gabrick contract does not go away in a year and a half. That Gabrick contract is on the books up until 2021. That is not what you want. No. Good Lord. That is not what you want. Marion Gabrick is going to be 39, I think, when that contract comes to a close. Mm-hmm. That is not what you want. Now – the thing they do have going for them is the salaries all up front with that particular deal. So it might be tradable in 2019 or 2020, somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not going to help them short term now, is it? No. They have that, 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 the thing about this Kings team is there are some bad deals. Mm. Gabrick's deal is bad. Dustin Brown's deal is one of the worst in the league, I think. Um, and maybe at some point along the line, it costs them a Tyler Toffoli or a Tanner Pearson. Because they've got a lot of guys who uh, who make a lot of money. Obviously, Kopitar's mm. deal is that's fine. Kopitar's a great player, no problem with that. And obviously, Drew Doughty's deal um, it lasts until 2019, but uh, it's a big deal. But that's okay. They're they're paying Martinez and, and Muzzin some good money too. But again, those guys are good players. That's fine. But eventually, there's going to be a squeeze because you've got a couple of guys in Brown and Gabrick who are just not nearly as good as their deals would have you believe. And that's going to be a problem for them. Yeiserman, I thought, was the biggest winner of today. Oh, God. Let's just review Steve Yeiserman yeah. for the day. Because he did some pretty incredible things. Mm-hmm. That Valtteri Filippola contract was a problem for oh so many reasons for them. Yeah, he pulled down the Flyers' pants on this one. Absolutely. So the Filippola contract lasts until next year. And he has a no-movement clause. Which means that when you go to do the expansion draft, Valtteri Filippola would have had to have been protected. So looking at the Lightning situation, they would have had to have protected or left unprotected a pretty gosh darn good player. Maybe an Alex Kalorn, maybe a Vlad Nemesnikov, whoever it happens to be, because of Valtteri Filippola's contract, which also, by the way, carried with it a five and a quarter or less than that cap hit. Now, all of a sudden, that disappears for the cost of a fourth round pick and a seventh round pick. So good. And they get Mark Streit. Yeah, they eat a little bit of money on Mark Streit sending to Pittsburgh for a fourth round pick. So all of a sudden you're thinking to yourself, wait a minute, we gave up a sec- seventh round pick to get out of having to protect, having to protect Valtteri Filippola, who's not nearly as good as the other players we talked about. And on top of that, you get out of the five and a bit that you would owe him in dollars for next season. That's incredible work by Steve Eiserman. And They've had just about every single thing can go wrong, go against them this year. We're talking about Stamkos getting hurt, some other guys getting hurt as well. They've had some bad luck with a few other situations, but uh, Eisenman did some good work. And ob- you don't want to, you don't want to obviously have to give away Ben Bishop for nothing. But they really were without much of a choice here. So some good GMing by Steve Eisenman. The only mistake Steve Eisenman makes is trusting guys in their early 30s to be good for long amounts of time like he did with Ryan Callahan mm-hmm. like he did with Brady 
Coburn like he did with Jason Garrison uh, because that's some one of the reasons. Well, those are the reasons. Those contracts are the reasons why they um, they are in a little spot of trouble here. And he, and he cleared space too. And and Drewan Johnson and Palat are all free agents this summer too, right? So just yeah, they needed cool. they needed space. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Drewan is is restricted free agent. Johnson Palat restricted free agents as well. Um, and the the little bridge deal I did with Kucherov was was was, was some good GMing work. But in twenty nineteen, the summer of twenty nineteen, twenty like the summer between twenty uh, uh, two thousand nineteen, summer twenty nineteen, they're gonna have some. Uh, some interesting conversations you're going to have, to have with Nikita Kucherov, but that's uh, that's a future problem right now. It's a very well-run team, and if I were an Eastern Conference playoff team, I want I'd have no interest in seeing them in the playoffs. But I just think that the hole they've dug themselves a little bit too deep here. What's your thoughts on the Shane Doan? I I, I don't want to say I don't want to use the word embarrassing, but it's it's slightly embarrassing. For the fact for... that he ranted about the the Hansel thing, yeah. Um, yeah, Shane Doan has to realize that he plays for the Coyotes, I guess. I guess, yeah. I mean, Shane just... Doan voluntarily re-signed with a team mm-hmm. that voluntarily acquired Dave Boland's contract and voluntarily acquired the contract of Pavel Datsuk and already had Chris Pronger. Like, they had this long list of, of mm-hmm. deals, essentially, in order to, to circumvent the NHL's cap floor rules. So, if you're going to be playing... For an organization that does stuff like that, I think you're gonna have to realize that yeah, every now and then they might trade NHL players for draft picks, you mm-hmm. know, because they're obviously building the future and they've got some some nice pieces with the core down there in Arizona. Now I'm probably going to wind up being thankful every day they took Dylan Strom over Mitch Marner. Yes, but they've got some nice pieces with the core down there in Arizona. They got a good GM as well. I like John Chaka. So Doan's not pleased, clearly, and he wants to spend his whole career with that particular franchise, and that's cool, Shane Doan. You, you could do that, but you have to realize that if you want to spend your whole career with that franchise, there's going to be days like this where these types of decisions are made. But they, they do have a good future there. It's just Shane Doan's 40 years old and is probably not going to be around when the good parts of the future come true. That being said, who knows which city they'll be in when the good parts of the future happen, because if I were someone looking to buy an NHL team and you hear all these things about the, the arena situation there and, and just all these messes going on uh, with, with Glendale and this mess, I would be wanting to buy this team because you would buy this team and not long after you purchase it, it would be real good. Mm-hmm. Real good. You've got Duclair, who's obviously out of tough season, but he's still a building block. Christian Dvorak, Max Domi. You've got Lawson Kraus, who you got for, in that, that whole... Uh, Dave Boland thing, and I don't think Lawson Krause is a star, but I think he's a handy NHL player in the future. You've got Dylan Strom on the way as well. You've got a pretty good uh, young defenseman there in Jacob Chitrin, who's uh, who's done some pretty cool things at the NHL level. Like there, there, there are some really good pieces here. Plus, you've got this nice cover to draft picks. You've got two first-round picks this year. You've got a couple of seconds next year. You've got a couple of thirds this year as well. Um, they, they, they've, they've got some stuff going for them. Does Martin Hansel move the needle for you? As far as, uh, as far as Minnesota's prospects? He makes them better. Yes. I think they're better. I think they gave up probably too much in order to acquire Martin Hansel. Agreed. But the, the, the wild are a better team now than they were before they made that trade. There are, that's a really deep forward group there. Mm-hmm. That's a really deep forward group there. Deep. If you look at. All the, all the guys they've got. You've got 
Parise, Koivu, Hansel, uh, the, the centers alone, you've got Mika Koivu, Michael Grandlin, Eric Stahl, Martin Hansel. Like, that's really good. Really good. Yeah, it's, it's it's a shame that they got this mumps thing <laughs> hanging over the like a dark cloud hanging over. Yeah, right now. I really hope that doesn't end up. I really hope that doesn't end up factoring in because. Me too, but yeah. I think they'll, they'll they'll figure it out. But uh, they've got that plus uh, a real solid group of defensemen. That this is a team, by the way, who I'd be real worried about if I, the expansion draft if I was a Wild fan because you're going to lose somebody good. Yes. Uh, um, and they they've got a, a solid group of defensemen, and oh by the way. A uh, real good goalie too. Um, Minnesota's probably the best team in the West at this point in our lives. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And I've been. I've been. I've been coach as well. Yeah. I, I mean, I hate the Minnesota Wilds, so I've been. I've been trying to avoid that uh, line of thinking all year. But I, th- I think it's time I, I face the facts and realize. I think that I think Minnesota's the best team in the West now. And the, I mean, the standings would say that, but the standings lie sometimes. Yeah, they do. Um. Most important question I'll ask you this year. Does the Red Wings streak come to an end? Oh, God, yes. Yeah, I hope so. That's, that, that's The answer to that question is more mm-hmm. yes than... Sorry, go ahead. That's yeah, all right. It's, um, <laughs> can we talk about the Red Wings for a second? Well, yeah, I just want to say my, my favorite... Uh, like, this is going to happen. Someone on the net is going to do this, and I've, and I've texted you. I don't know how to do this. I wish I had the ability to do so. But somebody is going to put the Red Wings logo on the Undertaker's face when Brock Lesnar broke the, the, the his WrestleMania streak at WrestleMania 30. And, I, and I'm going to absolutely... I'm, I'm going to watch that video on, on a loop for probably at least an hour when when the, final, when the moment actually comes. Go ahead. Uh, let's just review. The, the Red Wings streak might be about to start... They might be about to start another streak of not making the playoffs <laughs> because... There are some bad contracts here. Yes. This team is going to be in a cap mess for some time to come. You owe Henrik Zetterberg, who's 36, six million bucks, a little more than that, until 2021. And if he retires, that doesn't help you at all because there's some massive cap mess that comes with that if he does that with the recapture. Franz Nielsen, decent player right now. He's 32, though. Five years from now, you owe him $5.25 million. He'll be 37. Not sure that's going to be all right. Justin Ablocator, whose contract was bad the second the ink was dry, yes. oh, God, is owed four and a quarter oh. until 2023. Justin Ablocator was named to Team USA for the World Cup, and Phil Kessel wasn't. And somehow that team didn't win a single game. Can you yeah. believe that? Yeah. yeah, unbelievable. Darren Helm, who's 30 years old and has a no-trade clause, is owed $3.85 million until 2021. Luke Glenn Denning. Is owed $1.8 million until 2021, which in and of itself is not the end of the world, but still. Uh, Danny DeKaiser, who I think is at best a fourth defenseman in the NHL at this point in our lives, mm-hmm. um, he's 26, and he is owed $5 million a year until 2022. Nicholas Cronwall, who's just not even close to what he was at one point in our lives, is 36. He's owed $4.75 million until 2019. Jimmy Howard is owed $5.29 million per year until 2019. Jonathan Erickson is owed $4.25 million. Jonathan Erickson's a bad defenseman. He's a mess. He's owed that until 2020. Johan Franzen's going to be on long-term injury reserve until 2020, which sounds like free cap space. It's not quite that, but it's 
it's not the end of the world. Either way, that's the situation we're in right now with the Red Wings. They are they owe fifty one million dollars for the twenty eighteen, twenty nineteen season already, with nine players signed. And of those nine players, I would say eight of them have bad contracts right now. Mm-hmm. And Franz Nielsen, again, good player right now. Who knows what things are going to be like in – well, I should say eight of them. I should say seven of them. Who knows what things are going to be like with Nielsen. The only one who we know is probably going to be okay is Gustav Nyquist. Mm-hmm. But where are they going to find the money to re-sign Dylan Larkin? Because they're going to, ha- he's going to be free agent heading in that season, restricted, but he's going to be free agent heading in that season. Anthony Mantha, same thing. Thomas Tatar is restricted free agent after this season. Uh, Andreas Athanasiu Ath- is a free restricted free agent after this season. I just don't understand how they're going to make all this stuff work unless they can find someone to eat some of this money for them. Athanasiu, I can't believe how good he is, and in- at the major Great levels, to be honest with you, like because he he went to the two teams I want like. When he was in the minors, he was at the two teams I watched the most, which are he played for the London Knights, and then he was traded to the Barry Colts, where I live, and I got to see him play all the time. And just, man, he had so much speed, but the hands just weren't there. And I, it just, like, he turned the puck over so much in, in the minors that I, I just never thought he'd make it at the major, uh, the major level. And I was wrong, and congratulations to him, because he's a tremendous hockey player. Yeah, he's, he's, he's good. He's good, and he's fun to watch. And I hope he continues to... Uh continues to to be good for his sake and he's 22 like it's yeah. they're, they're in a good spot but just eventually these guys gotta get paid i, I was surprised they didn't try to move mike green today yeah that, that, because, i was gonna say that said like we just spent five minutes bagging on the red wings <laughs> they had a good trade deadline <laughs> like, yeah they did yeah. we'll talk about that in a second but i was surprised i didn't try to move green mm-hmm. not because he's he's still on the books for next year but i thought that would be a reason to move him because next year Without some of those guys, I'm we just talking about. They owe 16 players, uh, 67 million dollars. So they've got to find a way to sign seven guys, and they're gonna like do a million dollars each. And we, there are some pretty high-profile restricted free agents there. So yeah, they're gonna have some uh, long-term injury uh, room to play with. But the point stands, they uh, they're in a bit of a bad way. They did have a nice deadline though. They turned the flyer, the free agent flyer on Thomas Bannock into one, potentially two third-round picks. Pretty good. Uh, they got the picks from the Rangers for Brendan Smith. Also pretty good. Um, yeah, they're, uh, they, they did some, some pretty good things um, over the last little while here. Uh, Second-round pick in 2018 and a third-round pick in, in, in 2017 for Brendan Smith. It was a good player. It was a good deal for New York. But, um, yeah, they, 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 they had a nice deadline. Let's talk about your lease. Yeah, okay. How do you feel about what they did today? Just a couple of... They, they took on a bit of money today. That was all I noticed that they did. Um, what was the significance of that That sort of weird Eric Fair deal they made with the Penguins? Basically, they bought a fourth-round pick. Yeah. That's that's they, that's very much what it looked like to me. Yeah. Um, so they take, you know, whatever a cap hit Fair has for this year and next year, and they get a fourth-round pick for their troubles, which was nice. And I... Uh, I I think they could have waited to sell to do for do that for more, uh, like you know maybe try to get a third round pick out of them because Pittsburgh seemed pretty desperate to upgrade their defense and they needed the cap space that Fair's deal going away would provide for them, and didn't exist. So I um, I think they could have hypothetically held out for more. They didn't do that, but 
you know, it's fine. They, they, they made a similar deal with Washington, which netted them Connor Carrick in a second-round pick last year. So I'm, uh, I'm okay with, uh, with how things went today. And I like the Boyle trade. I, I was worried when I heard they were trading for Boyle that they are going to have to pay uh, this huge price. Turned out to be a second-round pick this year, which is not the end of the world. And I think that there's a lot of value to the team getting in the playoffs this season. So if they can get healthy, which uh, they appear to be, I'm, uh, I'm feeling pretty good about things. You know who else wants the Leafs to make the playoffs? The rest of the league, because they all get paid if the Leafs That's make the point. playoffs. So, good yeah, point. Yeah, the, the rest of the league wants the Leafs to make the playoffs. Um, are they going to make the playoffs, Craig? I really believe they will. Yeah. It's it's them I, and the Islanders right now, right? Like that's the yeah, and I think well, they're better Florida's in there too. Florida's in there. It's 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 a real mess. The Eastern Conference standings. Yeah. You've got. Uh, I, I'm not going to say the Flyers are out of it, but they're 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 five points back, and they've got three teams to jump over. That's that's difficult. Tampa Bay sold off a bunch of parts today, mm-hmm. so I don't. Or and, and they have this week, so I, I think that you can sort of draw the line at maybe the Flyers. There's probably um, two spots for two of Boston, Toronto, the Islanders, and Florida. Mm-hmm. So we'll see who gets those two spots. Um, the Senators in Boston have the same number of points, but I think the Senators are, are better than the Bruins. And further than that, the Senators have two games in hand. The if the playoffs start right now, the Leafs are playing the Capitals, right? Correct. Wow, not a good matchup. I yeah, well for who? <laughs> I can. Uh, not a good matchup for that, that would be the nightmare case. Like that's the nightmare scenario for if you're a Capitals fan is this young oh, start just... Leafs team like take like it like there's no way you want that like Oh, I disagree. You I think disagree. So? I think Frederick Anderson's a very nice goaltender. Mm-hmm. Um but isn't your nightmare scenario somehow Montreal gets a, a few bumps down the road here and yeah. oh wait. And there's Carey Price like, sitting there waiting for you. True. I, I mean, like, yeah. Isn't, or, or, or Lundquist or somebody like that. You know what I mean? Like, isn't isn't the night, based on how these Washington playoff exits have gone in the past, mm-hmm. isn't it, oh, man, we've run into the super hot goalie again. Like, isn't yeah. that the nightmare? And again, maybe Frederick Anderson can do that. I think Frederick Anderson's a pretty good goaltender. But I, I think that the Leafs have enough troubles on defense that Washington will find a way to score goals against them. So I wouldn't be super confident heading into a playoff uh, series against Washington, but honestly, for this year, if the Leafs are in the playoffs, that is complete and total gravy zone for me. Yeah, oh yeah. I, it's, it, I think this whole season's been gravy for you guys. I mean, oh, the just, fact that Austin yeah. Matthews is going to score 40 goals is pretty cool. Yeah, and, and, <laughs> and he might not even lead your team in goals. And, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, it's, 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 it's a... a renaissance of the Leafs, the likes of which we've, we've, I don't think we've ever seen, quite frankly. I mean, like the Leafs have had good teams, but uh, nothing quite like the, the hope and, and, you know, future prospect that, that this current roster has, I don't think. Yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty good. They, they, they've, they've never had someone like Matthews in my lifetime and few mm-hmm. teams have, mm-hmm. few teams have, but they've, they've never had someone like Matthews in my lifetime. Um, you can put together a pretty strong argument that, uh, of the players in the league who are 21 and younger, of the 10 best, or maybe even less than that, the Leafs probably have three of the best seven. It's mm-hmm. some sort of absurd number like that. Like, obviously, yeah. uh, Eichel's better than uh, probably a couple of the Leaf guys, and McDavid, obviously, better than a couple mm-hmm. of the Leaf guys. I but, uh, might be, but yeah, Line A probably as well. But um, still, that's, that's pretty good stuff if you're a Leaf fan. I mean, I don't know if you pay attention to a lot of the Jets fans on Twitter, but the Jets fans... Like, like the, the the weird inferiority complex that Ottawa has with the Leafs, it's it's seeping into 
the Jets with line with with the line A Matthews discussion, which is which is a nonsense comparison, by the way. Matthews and line A, the only like they the only comparison they have is they went one two. That's it. And but yeah, for, I don't know for some reason the Jets on Twitter they go nuts anytime there's a there's a a liney Matthews like comparison. Like they just they just get their backs up about it so much yeah I, it's I, it's bizarre yeah it's i don't understand it. one one iota i mean just enjoy what you have <laughs> like good lord i mean uh, i'm sitting here and this is a great segue because i'm sitting here cheering for a team that is in dead last and i was praying wouldn't do anything stupid through this deadline and managed to do so i i i was it, it was basically me watching the clock all day just thinking okay just just get to 3:30 or whatever it is when the when the deals actually stop right it was just don't do anything stupid and and, and the abs didn't which was good yeah no that was uh that was good, that was good news for them mm-hmm. um honestly and people were like oh yeah they should have they should have traded more they should have sold more parts but i don't know what there, yeah, there else. was no market because if they were pretty much, other, pretty much, yeah. they they traded anything that a some team would have wanted, yeah, and b wasn't nailed down to a long term deal or part of the core. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they, it's not like I look at this and see, oh yeah, why didn't they trade this UFA? The remaining UFAs in the roster are Renee Bork, John Mitchell, and Feder Tutin. I don't think there's going to be a market for those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, could they have traded an Eric Johnson? Maybe. But somebody want to trade Eric, uh, pay Eric Johnson six million dollars a year until 2023? I'm going to suggest that's likely not something that you are going to find a good market for. No. Um, Could they have traded Matthew Shane or Gabriel Landeskog? Yeah, they could have absolutely done that. Mm -hmm. But why sell low on those guys or not? If you're going to trade them or you feel happy, you you sort of do the, the the redirect the franchise thing. That's cool. Do it in the summer. Why make why make someone else's playoff run unless you're going to get your socks blown off by the offering? Clearly, that's not what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the Hansel deal kind of saved them from themselves a little bit because once Martin Hansel went for a first round pick and went went for a first and a second, there was no way they were they were going to select um, they they were going to settle for anything less than I, I assume two firsts, maybe two firsts and a second for yeah. for Duchesne or well, Lucas Cog, and no one's going to pay that price, right? If the rumor Ottawa price was Cody CC, mm-hmm. Thomas Chabot, or um, or Both White or or what? Uh, CC for sure, one of White or Chabot, okay. a first round pick, and then there was another piece in there as well that wasn't a huge. But if that was the rumored Ottawa price, mm-hmm. I think that they've badly misevaluated Cody CC. Yes, but that's that's the sort of thing you should be looking for, like a young NHL player, very good prospect, first round pick. Yeah. And clearly that wasn't there for them. I still maintain the move for the Avalanche is to not trade any of those guys. Gabriel Landeskog and Matt Duchesne have very, very cap-friendly contracts, unlike the Eric Johnson contract, which you just mentioned. So it would behoove the Avalanche to keep those guys. And there is a new team coming in next year. There's a very good chance that the Avalanche will end up with the first overall pick. And... The move, and in, in, in habitually in the history of the NHL, when you trade your superstar guys, you tend to get 60, 70 cents on the dollar. But if you can move high draft picks, teams tend to overpay for the draft picks. So if they get that number one pick or even a number two pick, and I realize it's not the, the it's not a superstar draft or anything like this, but there are some some top end forwards at the high at the yep. high part of this draft that teams are going to want. 
they may be able to move one of those guys for a package similar to what you just like not one of those guys but move that pick for a package similar to to what they were talking about getting from from Purdue Shane and then you don't have to give up any of those guys and you still get what you want and you'll still suck next year and you'll be able to get that uh, Swedish dude whose name I can't remember who's going to be the number one overall pick the I honestly don't know I don't know if this team is this team is not as like this has been a historically bad team. I can't remember a team in my yeah. lifetime that's been this bad that wasn't trying to be bad on purpose. I've texted you a couple of times this year to ask, is this the worst team in the history of the league? Since the since yeah. the advent of the salary cap, I yes. will say yes. Because the other teams that have been this bad went into the year and spent their entire summer setting things up so they would be bad. Yes. This team went into the year trying to be good. Mm-hmm. And they're, to quote Shaq, horror awful. Horror awful. Yep. Um, atrocious. And, and it's not atrocious. Yep. And it's not just a matter of they've been unlucky. Uh, a, they have 37 points in 61 games, which is insane. No. And B, all a, any sort of advanced metric would tell you that the team's terrible. Yes. Like, just beyond terrible. Well, maybe not beyond terrible. Like, it's not like they're the... Oh, they're... Yeah. They're well, they, metrics, but they're bad. They're bad. Yes. They're, they're a bad team. They also haven't tried since about game 20. I've been watching a lot of this game, and, sure. and no one has put forth effort since about game 20. And also, they had their coach pull the rug out from underneath them a month before the season started. So instantly, that's going to be a disaster to start right off the jump, right? Because you're, yeah. you're, you're not going to sometimes we've seen teams have a coaching change, not maybe not a month before the season, but during yeah. the season. And they respond positively to it, but that's clearly not what's gone on here. No. And and it's so weird. Rasmus Dahlin, by the way, was the, that Swedish yeah. defense when I was trying to remember the name of. He's going to be the first overall pick next year. Um, it's a shame he wasn't a year older. <laughs> because, yeah, the Avs could really use him. But, yeah, that's it. Because there's no top-end defenseman at, at, at this year's draft. So whatever high pick the Avalanche get, and you – it. Based on where they're going to finish, it can only be what three at worst. I think based the on the four three. is their four is their worst case scenario. Yeah, okay. Which you know, probably. Trust me, happen. I know the, the I know the odds of finishing last place very well. I studied them very closely last season, <laughs> <laughs> and it worked out. Yeah. So I mean, they're probably going to end up with one, two, or three, right? Which means they should be able to deal that pick, and then just the uh, the fact that they've they've already. Uh... Oh man, the. Sakic has already uh, has already uh, said he's going to give Jared Bednar another another chance to uh, to co- like he's going to be the coach at the beginning of next year, and I was just like, Why? that seems like something you say, but maybe a change. That being said, yeah, if they do the whole teardown thing this summer, who cares who the coach is next season? True, that that's that's another thing. Yeah, I I mean. This team should be good. I mean, they were, where, the, the Avalanche are the new Oilers, where they have all these top-end forwards that they should be doing much better with. And it just seems right now like the plan is to move Landis Cog and Duchesne and go forward with the nucleus of McKinnon, Rantanen, and Jost. And sure. Jost, Jost looks really good. I mean, I don't know if you saw that goal he scored the other day. Yeah, yeah, pretty good stuff. Woo! Yeah, good yeah stuff. so if, if that's the plan, yeah, then you just take Nolan Patrick mm-hmm. or Nico Hershire or Hershire or whatever you want to do mm-hmm. and move along. Yeah. Uh, 
you don't you don't trade the pick. You just say, okay, if that if that's going to be your core, that's fine. You add, you know, an eighteen year old player who looks like he can be pretty good to that core, and you and you go forward. Mm-hmm. Um, at least that's the way I'd handle it. Now, could you consider because your prospect pool is not exactly great? If you're the Avalanche, you've got Jost, and there isn't a lot to love beyond that. Mm-hmm. Um, do you consider maybe some sort of move down to pick up more picks, try to take a few more swings? Maybe you look at you know depending on where Arizona winds up in the lottery and you think, oh, wait a minute, Arizona has, um, oh, who's first do they have? They have Minnesota's first. Well, maybe you try to get, you know, Minnesota's first and, and Arizona's first and move down a little bit or something. I don't know. These are just scenarios that I'm spitballing here, but I think that you want to take more swings in the draft here yeah. in Colorado, so that's something to consider. Yeah, not bad ideas. Um, we should talk about some of the coverage a little bit, like, because th- this trade, this is about the third or fourth year we've had a completely uneventful trade deadline and you and i live up here in kenyatta where where hockey is king it is is the highest rating of the big four major north american sports so our lovely networks up here (laughs) cover this and like it's like 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 it's the oscars basically just round the clock coverage but it has downgraded to this it's so bad now that this year they were trying out they I could tell they had stuff prepared this year in case nothing happened, basically, was the thing. Um, the three-letter was trying out stuff. Like, they had Jay Baruchel. I don't know if you saw this. This was actually pretty funny, I though. barely watched any of the covers today. Well, they had, right? Jay, they had Jay Baruchel read all of the stupid, dumb, idiotic restrictions on the pick that came in the Kevin, uh, the Kevin Shattenkirk deal. Oh, of which there are many. So that was pretty funny because he was just reading it. And at a certain point, he flipped over the piece of paper and went, oh, wait, there's more. And it was just, oh, it was dumb. The letter Kenny guys were on, were on the three letter as well. And uh, they did not represent themselves. But the one beacon, the, the shining beacon of light in, in, in the, the, the boring third punch bowl that was the deadline coverage Ilya Brzgalov, Craig, crazy Ilya Brzgalov was back covering the trades and was just back saying weird stuff again. And I love having Ilya Brzgalov in my life. So I, I hope he, he, he gets to be an analyst going forward. Yeah, I would, uh, I would absolutely love that. Cause yeah, I heard good things about it again. I didn't watch really any of the coverage today and it's not, that I had some sort of moral objection to it. I just uh, I had a busy day, but you know now uh, it's back also not great, show, right? Like, no, it's not great. back when these shows started, though, yeah, that was kind of your only way to get this news that quickly. Yes. Now that we live in the Twitter world, yes, where you can essentially follow the trade deadline on your phone. Yeah. You can follow the trade deadline on your phone. Yeah. Um. So the 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 need for those shows is as perhaps outlived their usefulness. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, I don't think that TSN or Sportsnet is going to stop making them. Mm-hmm. But the need for those shows is, has outlived their usefulness. Yeah, agreed. Let's take a look at our bets. Okay. I, I feel like, let's let's take a look at the state of our bets. At the beginning of the year, you and I, every year we give out our, our over-unders and whatnot. At the beginning of the year, we had three suggestions for the, the, these were our top three for, for people. And these are the current state of them. We had the Nashville Predators over 90 and a half points. They currently sit at 73 points with 19 games left. 
I think that's that's a pretty good one. I'm yeah. th- th- based on their slow start. I was I was really worried about that bet, but they've turned it on recently. Yeah. And Nashville, uh, they are uh, fifth in the league in possession. That they're steadily climbing in that particular per- department. So mm-hmm. I'm feeling pretty gosh darn good about that bet. I'll can, say. Can they get 18 points in 19 games? That's I'm feeling really good about basically that. Basically, a point per game the rest of the way. The only thing I was stressed about was their goaltending. Their goaltending's been average or better. Mm-hmm. The Toronto Maple Leafs. I believed in your Toronto Maple Leafs, and I talked you into it. You tried to talk me out of it, but I was—I somehow managed to talk you into it. Mm-hmm. Picked... I thought the defense was going to be bad, mm-hmm. and I was right. I just didn't know that the forwards are going to be so good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Over on 80.5 is what we selected. They're at 69 games, 69 points with 20 games left. So we need 12 points in 20 games in order for that bet to clear. That would be just a pair of, like just a yeah. collapse, the likes of which we've never seen. No, we're 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 hitting that bet. Yeah. Knock on wood, though, because it is the Leafs. <laughs> so let, let's just make sure we do that. And the final one we had, the Montreal Canadiens, ninety-six and a half points. We took the under. They were at seventy-eight with eighteen games left, so they need the, nineteen points. In or, November, we thought we like we could have lit this money on fire yeah and it would have been more productive than letting this bet get seen through Mm -hmm. and now we've got a real chance yeah absolutely it's good stuff they need not yet they're basically in the same boat as nashville where they have they they need uh 19 points in 18 games so they need to go a point per game in order to beat us or in order to cost us money there and it's just man (laughs) it like like, i think they're going the opposite they're going the opposite don't on the opposite trajectory of Nashville, yes. Yeah. But we probably don't win that bet. I think that I think that yeah. in this era of three point games when you can sure. lose and still get a point, I think that uh, they'll find a way. But we've got a chance. Yeah. We it, did it, it felt like fair. we didn't have a chance before, but we yeah. have a chance now. We're still gonna make money though. Well it, Toronto I feel like is gonna get there. Oh god, yes. We're and gonna have that Toronto bet cashed within the next uh within the next three weeks, I think. I think so, yeah. And Nashville is is I think Nashville will get there. So it, it, it comes down to Montreal for me. We need Montreal to drop a couple yeah. of games here and there in order for, I feel like that's going to come down to the last two games too. Like the Habs are going to need like three points with two games left or something like that. It's going to be a real slur. Yeah. Oh man. Um, the West, yeah. I said that Minnesota might be the best team. Mm-hmm. I like Minnesota, but mm-hmm. with what we have, like, is it possible? I know they're a little further down in the standings, but is it possible Nashville's the best team in the West? It's it's they're definitely about seventy three points, but yeah. they started so poorly and now they played so well. They're yeah. getting healthy. I remember Ryan Johansson had this like unfathomable bad luck of shooting run earlier in the season. That's mm-hmm. gone away now. PK looks great. Like yes. I think Nashville Nashville's really good. Yeah. yeah, I mean the argument's there, and you can't ever sleep on the Blackhawks. You just can't. Like all of a sudden, like. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, the Blackhawks, they're not doing stuff. And then they're in the playoffs and you're playing them. And it's like, oh, shit, they've got Kane and Taves and all those other guys. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then they go out and get uh, Johnny Oduya this week, which yeah. uh, which will really help them. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I just. Reunited and it feels so good. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I just want to, like, we'll wait to see what we see what the first round matchups are, what their path to the Stanley Cup final looks oh, like. But I'm kind of, a, yeah, I'm is, kind of feeling like put, putting some money on the National Predators. Philip Forsberg's been insane lately. Yes, two hat tricks in a row or whatever he had there. I, yeah. I kind of feel like putting some money on the National Predators to win the Stanley Cup. Yeah, I mean, we're gonna, we're just 
It's juicy. This is going to be a really good NHL playoffs, I think. Like, because there are going to be some juicy first round matchups. Because, like, we're staring at, like, potential Toronto Ottawa, potential Toronto Montreal, potential Montreal Boston at some point. You know, and, and Washington Pittsburgh is going to happen probably at some point. It, yeah, then, Washington Pittsburgh will be amazing. Yeah. Um, Anaheim, uh, or sorry, uh, Edmonton Calgary. Like that, like yeah, I said, that, like, that's yeah. that's on the table too. Exactly. Like, it's just, oh, like, there's, there's, it, it's going to be a great NHL playoffs. Um, I think the NBA playoffs is, is going to be a lot of fun. I don't know if there will be a, there'll be intrigue for you and me because our teams are going to be there. And I'm stressed about what seat my team's going to have now that Kyle Lowry's hurt. But yeah, we can... yeah, we, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that on, on some other time. Um, cause the next basketball thing that we have to cover, Craig, the madness, the madness yes. is coming up. We have to atone for last year because <laughs> boy did we do not not do well <laughs> so we're no, gonna it was bad. yeah we're gonna we're gonna redeem ourselves in in 2017 with a great performance in the tournament and it looks like both our teams are gonna be in the tournament this year too the the gators and the canes yeah the florida team's pretty good yeah very good um anything else you want to cover in trade deadline i think we got it all no i think we got to pretty much everything significant um but yeah i, I think that well we'll do obviously a little playoff preview and talk oh, about absolutely. where we want to set some money up for uh mm-hmm. For the Stanley Cup playoffs, but yeah, I'm I'm really liking this Nashville team, yeah. and I'm really liking the um, liking the Washington team as well. But uh, we'll see. We got a busy. Oh boy, it's big. Like we're we're gonna be start moving to like two pods a week soon, I think, because like well, Bachelor's winding down, but as soon as Bachelor winds down. March we'll Bachelorette. Yeah, Bachelorette will start up not not too far afterwards. We've got uh, Iron Fist is coming out soon. Logan movie comes out on Friday, so we've got to review that. March Madness starts up not soon after that. Then the playoffs start for both the NBA and the NHL. Then Game of Thrones comes back. Oh, God, we got... Yeah, no shortage of material for the crossover podcast over the next month and a half, so... Uh... Not gonna be. I'm not gonna be wondering. Hey, what do we got to do this? I'm not gonna have to come up with an idea for something to do for a while. So, that's. I, I suppose they're a good thing. But uh, yeah, that's it. Uh, Craig Needles, thanks to you for for sticking around to do Bachelor and NHL this week. Had a great time. Thanks to Jess Brady who joined us earlier for our Bachelor talk, and we will get you back next week for the ending of the fan. Oh my God, so much Bachelor next week. And yeah, we might we might announce. We, we were kicking around the idea of something to do for The Bachelor, uh, so we, we might announce that next week if, if we uh, if we feel like doing that. So stay tuned for that. Craig Needles, thanks for uh, hanging out with me this week. Sounds good. Thank you. Take care, man.